Welcome to Next Level Christianity, a podcast designed to teach Christians biblical truth, help apply it to their daily lives, and gain true clarity of what it means to follow Jesus. Our churches and Christian communities are being influenced by cultural and worldly views, and few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is John Alkire, along with my beautiful wife, Carrie Ann. Please join us as we have important conversations where biblical truth and life application collide. We hope these episodes help equip and motivate you to take your Christian faith to the next level. So grab your Bible and join us in the conversation. Welcome to the Next Level Podcast, where biblical truth and life application collide. I am here, your host, John Alcar, with my beautiful wife and co-host, Carrie Ann. Hey, how are you? We are coming at you with, I believe, episode 13. We've had a little break and life has gotten in the way, but we are back and we are going to be talking about marriage in this podcast and what a biblical marriage looks like. And just to kind of remind you, Carrie and I just have felt called to discuss important cultural topics on how the Bible instructs us to live. Today's church has become much of a Christian conference uh, focused on new visitors and seekers. And in most cases, it's abandoned its flock to just fulfilling service needs rather than shepherding them and feeding them with biblical truth and principles. And if you've listened to our past 12 episodes, you will hear our theme and we hope it has taught you and will teach you, equip you and motivate you to to the next level in your faith and life. We believe the Bible is the place Christians need to place as priority and follow its teachings. For it is God's word and it has been given to us to strengthen our faith and ultimately for us to better understand our God. And before we get going, I want to thank all the subscribers to our podcast. In just seven, eight months, I think we've been doing this, just 12 episodes and now 13 We've had a ton of downloads. It's been crazy. They just keep showing up, even during the break. And we appreciate those who have listened and joined these conversations. And we just ask, Carrie and I just ask that you would just rate us on iTunes. Um, Obviously, comment, say what you want to say, and we'll read those. But we would love you to click the stars and get us rated. It does help with the algorithms within iTunes to get this podcast a little bit more exposure. So far, our top three listened to episodes were uh, episode number one, Cost of Christianity, uh, number two, Unequally Yoked, and episode number three, A Prosperous Life. If you have not listened to those, I encourage you to download them and join that conversation. Well, today, Carrie and I are going to discuss why we believe marriages are struggling, and especially in the church. If you look around on Sunday morning, you see a lot of fake happiness among husband and wife. There's a lot of masks being worn, and the reality is many are not living out the scriptures. They're not living out their their faith, and they are are suffering as a result of it. We've read uh, on this topic and looked at many stats, and those stats would indicate that Christian divorce rate is much lower than non-Christian, which that's a good thing. But it also is saying people who claim to be Christians but are not active in their faith are 20% to be more likely 
than the general population to get divorced. So if you're a Christian and you're not living that out, you are more susceptible for divorce. Also, those who put God at the center, they're finding are much happier couples. And as you poke around the internet and encourage you to do that, you will learn more about some of these findings. But we believe you will find and conclude that marriage who believe in God and place him at the center that are active in their faith and follow the biblical principles for marriage are the strongest. Why? Because God has a remarkable intention for marriage, always has, and defined roles within it. However, as a culture, we have abandoned the Bible and goals intention, and I'm sorry, God's intention and blended in our old world, our own worldviews. This has been the destructive formula that we've seen and continues to tear Christian marriages and families apart. Churches today and pastors are not teaching on some of these important topics such as biblical roles for men and women, how God intended for marriage, and those defined roles. And we believe that the church doesn't want to defend anybody in some of these cases. We've seen the feminist movement has claimed its acceptance into the church. Moreover, cultural and worldly beliefs and habitual sin all have become accepted, and we have turned our heads from it. So when you look at this deep, before we get into this, when you have only 19% of Christians who actually read their Bible, that is a statistic you'll find. It's in the teens. Christians that are reading the Bible. Churches are not holding biblical truths of church order accountable. Pastors not teaching scripture on marriage and roles of men and women. You have a broken and confused Christian community. Therefore, Carrie and I want to walk you through the Bible and scripture on marriage and talk about it. We hope this awakes you, opens your eyes to why maybe there might be a problem in your marriage, that your heart will accept the biblical truth versus the world's. We hope this changes a marriage out there tonight. And if you go to our Instagram, we will soon launch a Facebook page, but on our Instagram page for next level, our scriptures for this uh, episode will be up there. But we are going to walk through Genesis 2, 18 through 25, 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 6, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 through 16, Ephesians 5, 22 through 32, and a little bit of Colossians 3. But we wanted to set it up because if you are listening and you are able and you have your Bible, we encourage you to open up with us, read with us as we talk through this. So Carrie's going to start us off on Genesis chapter 2, 18 through 25 from the beginning. All right, here we go, you guys. This is Genesis 2, 18 through 25. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up that place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and had brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. 
for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife and they will become one flesh. The man and the wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Well, that's good stuff. That's the beginning. Super excited. So what do we learn there? Hmm. So first thing that we see is that man was created first. Oh, (laughs) there's going to be some people that may not be happy about that comment. But it's true. It's it's the it's the order that God created man and woman. Man was first. God obviously first, then man, then woman. Yeah. And this is a really heavy topic, you guys. Let me just thank you so much for joining us on this journey. What we want to just jog your brain a little bit. Clearly the Lord God who made the stars you know, the heavens and the moon and the sun. Clearly he could have made woman and man at the same time. Yeah. Great point. Like he totally could have. He could have. And let's not stop. Okay. They're equal. We're equal. Sure. For sure. Man and woman are equal. For sure. And that is not going to be debated, but there is order throughout the scriptures. Correct. That's always laid out amongst it. And that order was laid out right in Genesis, right from the beginning. Correct. Correct. So, Clearly, God knew that this was his plan. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't go, oh, second thought, I should make woman. Right. No, no, he knew this is going to be how the procedure rolls. So this is going to lay to the foundation of the rest of the conversation we're about to have. So it's... And the scriptures back this up as we move forward into the New Testament. Um, the order will stay intact as well. And it's the debate that we we know is out there and we believe that this has been flip-flopped a little bit in homes and in our culture and man isn't always the provider and protector anymore sure even though they're supposed to be sure um, and of course there the this is broad broad there are always going to be exceptions to the rules absolutely but, but we are talking about the the general household that has a husband and a wife that both are honoring the lord and we're focused on christians that's correct we are not focused on the outside of the Christian community right, right now. This We're focused not, on the Christians that's correct. who are to follow God's word. So. That's correct. Okay. All right. So that lays the foundation. So man needed a helper. That's correct. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what God intended for marriage to be with the wife being the helper. And I thought it was interesting that God used uh, the man's uh, rib. Um, to me, I look at that as a that is a protector of the heart and organs. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that is a scriptural piece that God said this is the definition of why I took a rib. But he didn't take a toe, he didn't take an <laughs> ear, right? He took a very important piece of our body that protects our internal organs, which is our rib cage. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a powerful piece, and it shows our God had another strong attention of the role of the woman. And the woman is important to the man. It's not that there's this pecking order and mm-hmm. the woman's lesser no. by any by any means. And we'll, we'll get into that as no. we continue. Um, but that is the beginning that we learn from God and his intention of marriage and the order. And then we're going to just jump over yeah. to the New Testament a little bit where you're going to hear a little bit from Paul on marriage. And this is going to be 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 6. 
And Carrie's going to read uh, through those verses. Join us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're fast-forwarding quite some time. And like John said, um, these are the words of Paul. Now for the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to marry. But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, a husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Do not deprive each other except for by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. Okay, so he starts off by saying it's good for a man not to marry. But he then says there's so much immorality that each man should have his own wife. And that was how he kind of opened it up. And uh, it was very interesting because we know Paul was not married, but we know that the instructions for that, and we dig deeper into this topic that goes into, and he kind of talks about the wife's body, doesn't, doesn't belong to her alone. I, I feel like this is very important. The wife's body, or the man's, but the wife's body does not belong to her alone but also to her husband. You're correct. That is her body to the husband. And the husband's the same. It's it's not just our own. Yeah, it's a shared. It's a shared. It's a shared property. And sacred. Yeah. It's almost the it way it's sacred. written sacred yeah. and should be absolutely protected, loved, and and just shared by each other only. Yeah. As I say that. Yes, for sure. Period in the story, yes. right? And that's how I think Paul really laid that out. Um, it, it, sometimes I think in, in tough times in marriage, I think we want to hold our bodies back or we want to not share the bodies. Well, sure. I mean, we've During all, conflict yes, or whatever. Conflict is a big one. It is a big one. If you're fighting, um, it's hard to say we can either resolve this at another time and, and come together or it, it, you are more inclined to go, hold up, I got a brick wall up. Yeah. And, and there is no sharing. There is no sharing. You <laughs> are deprived. No you are deprived. Right. And so there's a lot of reasons for couples to be deprived. We're not going to get into all that. But we're talking to you, married couples today. And Paul makes a very, very important piece that I've always shared with you, Carrie, that I think is a monumental beast within the marriage and the, the lack of the biblical marriage or the marriages in our Christian communities that are falling apart or hanging and dangling by a thread. And I think the biggest one is this. I really, I, I know financial, Yeah, you'll hear that. I get it. And that's, a, that's another thing. But, but Paul talks about specifically not depriving your, yourselves. And he's talking about sexual relationships. Yeah. Uh, and he even says, for a period of time on mutual consent. Not I'm mad at you, I'm going to hold away from you for a week, husband Correct. Correct. Or, or wife, which 
men are a little different than women, I think, on their sexual desires. Because <laughs> I believe, Paul said it earlier, but the sexual desires of man, God knew, is so high mm-hmm. that we need marriage. We, we need a marriage to fulfill that. Yes. And if it's not being fulfilled in the marriage. It's sanctity and it's safety. Yeah. For both a female and a male. Absolutely. Both of them. Um, but women, my personal opinion through my short time here on this earth, women are so quick to use that, in my personal opinion, as a... Um, go to as a power play power play weapon yeah and and what that does is obviously causes more damage than resolve the issue um paul's solution is only for a time and it's only for prayer yeah exactly so if you are praying or you've decided you are in a fasting period that is a great reason to say hey, this is how we're going to roll for the next couple of days. But mutually. Mutually. He makes that very clear. Mutually. Correct. And he's so right about it. It's not, I've decided, but you don't, you're not on board. It's, you're on board. We're yes. stopping fasting, prayer, or yes. whatever the circumstance, surgery, some procedure, something that's going to, you, you have to stop that. But it's so important because Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of control. Satan is looking for a way to get in between that. And when you deprive yourselves on purpose without mutual consent or for long periods of time, correct, opens the door to Satan, opens the door to pornography, opens the door to lust Yes, when you're out in public and all the things that are going on yeah. and you see it, you men were disgusting. <laughs> They're uh, not disgusting. Our eyes are going everywhere. I've, yes. I've been around the most, and I'll just give an example. Pregnant wives. I've been around guys that have their, 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 first wife their wife's firstborn baby and they're in that cycle where the woman and the man aren't really having a lot of that going on <laughs> and the heads on a swivel for the guy at different restaurants and so sure. i've seen it personally because sure. there's been this lengthy lack depriving yeah. <laughs> so it just opens up a yeah. lot of problems and as we know statistically we've heard uh the christian just i think it's 80 percent of just worldly uh pornography usage is is 80 percent of men but mm. it's 60 percent in the church so, so when you walk numbers. through the church six men out of the 10 men you would see the stats would tell you that they are engaged in pornography yeah it's horrible um yeah. Most men have dealt with it and seen it and participated in it. But again, I go back to the root here in these verses. I think in marriage specifically, the biggest root is the lack of that intimacy, the lack of the sexual relationship. And I don't know if that's a communication issue or if that's a non-attractive issue or that's a power play or what the reasons are, but it's biblical that you need to fix that. And yes. if I think if there's more sex in the marriage and there's more communication and there's more, you know, working together, and if we're not, it's un- just like Paul said. I think these. I think we'd see these pornography stats change. Off. I would. Right. Anger from the woman can go down. Anger from the man or loneliness, um, yeah. wandering eyes, wandering there's heart, so wandering many problems, brain. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's where the scriptures really become crystal clear. So often. When we read, maybe for the first time, maybe if you're just brand new to the Bible, you're like, whoa, some of these concepts are so big. 
but when you start to just put it into smaller bite-sized pieces, you can see how critical it is for us to really adhere to what they're talking about because this is this is going to this is going to be the recipe for a successful marriage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's really actually exciting and there's so much freedom in saying this is the formula. So, if you are in a situation, you're listening to this right now and you're like, "Yep, that's us." Um, or me or our marriage, you know, highly, highly encourage you to get together and communicate. Yeah. Talk about it. Um, look at the scriptures. This is a perfect one to look at uh, right there. A good snapshot, short verses and pray together yeah. and or seek any kind of um, counseling, marriage counseling with I would follow Christian counseling. Yeah. Christian belief models, but prayer, really the Bible and God, I believe can do a lot of that work, the Holy Spirit. So just, if that's you and you're like, yeah, and maybe your husband has been dabbling in porn, you know that, um, and it makes you even more repulsed. It could be the woman too. It could be the woman. The women are, the rates are going up on the women too. It's both. It is. So repentance. Sorry, men, I'm not totally (laughs) trying to say it's all us. It is, there is huge, if you look online, the statistics are on both sides, but... But repentance is the first step. Absolutely. And then, like John said, it is is prayer with that repentance and communication with the spouse um, and building a game plan based upon the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So don't – there is always room for God to come in and work inside your marriage. Yeah. And another piece I'll leave out there is since it's not really being – there's not a lot of classes and things really talking to this. I, I At least I haven't found or heard – um, find a couple that mentors. you believe are good mm-hmm. mentors. I don't care what age, what level, uh, biblical people that you're like, that marriage is rock solid. I know it by talking to husband and wife and they're so, they're following God. God's at the center. Another piece, cause you may not know where to go other than prayer and scripture, find a, a couple that you can talk with and, and have some accountability with and some relationship with on that so So anyway big big deal right there and paul lays it out right there in corinthians and we're going to move over to a more interesting topic and verses out of first corinthians 11 1 through 16 and i i will almost bet you my life that you have not heard this preached in your church and you probably haven't read it yourself and so carrie's going to read this and just i want you to pay attention to this, and if you got your Bible, please follow and, and star chapter eleven right here because you probably went right over it in your time in the Bible. This is so fascinating, you guys. I'm so excited to share this scripture with you. Okay, so we are going to start with eleven, First Corinthians eleven, verse one. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I praise you for remembering me in everything and holding to the teachings just as I have passed them on to you. Now I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man. The head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. And every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is just as though her head was shaved. If a woman does not cover her head, she should have her hair cut off, and it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut or shaved off. Mm. Sorry, one moment. If she does not cover her head, she should have her hair cut off, and it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut or shaved off, 
then she should cover her head. A man ought not cover his head, since he is in the image of and the glory of God, but the woman is in the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. For this reason, and because of the angels, the woman ought to have a sign of authority on her head. In the Lord, however, the woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as a woman came, as a woman came from man, so also man is born of woman. But everything comes from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man had long hair, it is a disgrace to him? But that if a woman had long hair, it is her glory, for long hair is given to her as a covering. If anyone wants to be continuous about this, mm, I'm pronouncing that. Thank you. Contentious about right. this. We have no other practice, nor do the church of God. Ooh. Okay, there was a lot, and we're not going to go like, we're not going to bore you too much through this, And I, but I do want to say it, in a lot of translations and commentary, it'll tell you that this was a cultural time, things aren't the same, and a lot of this doesn't relate, um, and, and I just feel like that's a big argument because you can just basically say, I'll take the whole Bible and I'll pick things that I think are relevant or, re relevant or not. I think this is very relevant, and it kind of goes back into the order. He starts off again. Not, I'm just making this clear because I think we have this flipped, and we know culturally it's becoming more flipped, which is what he started off with, which you read as he was talking about the order um, of, of God. The That's head right. of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Correct. So he, he lays out this order again that we see. And then we get into this head covering thing, Carrie. Yeah, okay, so I'm so excited to talk about this because um, it's so much bigger than a head covering. The head covering is actually the minor part of it. The major part that we really want to absorb from this particular scripture is that um, the head is really the husband. So when we talk about the woman, her head is really the husband and then the husband's head is Christ and then Christ's head is God yep. so what we have actually is a whole chain of security and if you're taking notes like write that order out like write it out because it's in the scriptures multiple times Paul did a great job really laying that out write that out in that order so you can kind of see it because it, it you have to almost like see it but it is it is laid out in a, in a way that is to be followed in the marriage in, in, in marriages in church. Yeah, so we'll, I will see if we can go through it really really quick. The head covering. Um, so um, you've seen it many times. Um, you've seen the NASCAR races where they pray at the races, and every man and woman takes off their hat. Um, it really the man is mostly wearing a ball cap that takes off their hat, their cowboy hat they are revealing their head, which in, is pointing to Christ, is what the scripture is saying. You're pointing directly to Christ by taking off that head covering. Now women, you're putting on the head covering 
in respect to your head, which is your husband. But doesn't it say women do not remove your head covering during prayer and prophecy? Right. So it should already be on. Um, well, cor correct. There should already be this There, That covering. could be a whole... <laughs> right? But then men, it's... it says remove yours. Right. In prayer and prophecy, but yeah. women are not to uncover their faces. That's that's correct. Right? So the, she's talking about do not cover your head. They're they're really focusing on prayer and prophecies. Now you can really take this a, a lot of different directions, but we're going to really try to keep it pretty simple for you. Like the head that they're referring to is in that order. It is not a um, it is not an, a, a lesser order. Um, Christ is not, um, he, he is in submission to, in submission to God, just as wives are in submission to the husband, but it's not a lesser order. No, it's, um, it's like all throughout scripture, they talk about headship or, uh, birthrights, yes, right? Yes. You got the firstborn and the same, it's just the order in which it happens. It doesn't mean you love your oldest son better than, you know, it's, there is none of that. Right. But your oldest son is the oldest son, and the old son or daughter right. should be a leader, should be Correct. head of the kids. Of the kids, for so sure. So it's just, it's just kind of the same thing, I think. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Um, and women, in, and again, here we go again, women are not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. There was a lot of that, right? Women came, um, are, came from men, but yet men are birthed from women. So they're showing that there is this back and forth pattern um but they need each other what what's really critical about this is that it is is it is giving god is providing a a place of comfort so often that women women um feel like you know god has set up the marriage as a place of comfort so that the man can be the head and lighten that burden for the woman um I've heard it said the head covering is so that the spiritual realm knows that the woman has headship and that the angels and the demons can recognize that that woman is claimed. It's right in the path. It's right in the verse. Spiritually, yep. yep. It says for the angels um, and for the realms of heaven. And so that woman is claimed and it, it recognizes that um, she has headship, which is a safety precaution for us ladies. It is not a place of degrading. Mm -hmm. um, it is not a place that, um, you know, we have lesser rights. That's not what it is. It is giving us extra layers of safety. So cool. Right. And it, it's such a crazy verse. It's so good. So you've got your head coverings on order. That's correct. <laughs> That's right. No, but no. Right. And, and so we're, we're not practicing exactly that right now. We're looking into this. This is scripture. It's very interesting what's described and what she just described about it. Uh, we're really more talking about the, the headships and the order in this that Paul refers to. But also, tell a little bit about your prayer time when you've actually oh, used a head covered. Cover. Yeah. And just what that did for you and what you felt. Like, yeah. It was, it's pretty powerful with yeah. this scripture. Um, so, mama of four, um, busy, all ages. So, that means you don't get a lot of quiet time to pray There's, and... 
no. do Bible studies. That's right. Um, <laughs> normally there's one or two children with me as I'm studying the Bible, which is fine. But that prayer time becomes really critical. How can I sneak away and get some prayer time one-on-one with the Lord? Um, so I don't own head coverings. I'm kidding. I've, I've been looking into them. Um, there's some really beautiful ones. Um, but what I have done is I've just grabbed a dish towel. And I know that sounds probably silly. But it was a, it was an experience, right? You, oh, you just said, let me try times. this. multiple times. No, I, and I love it. I enjoy it. Like, um, if nobody's in the kitchen with me or if I'm in my bedroom by myself, I can grab a, a large, you know, a hand towel. You didn't want to get caught by the olders and get an Instagram <laughs> story of you with this towel It would be head. fascinating. I would love to That's share it. That's hilarious. That. But ladies, what it did for me is um, I'm a multitasker, and I think women are naturally designed. Um, men can do it too, but I think women, um, out of necessity, have to multitask. And when I, I put that towel over my head, there's nothing else that you can do. Like, all of a sudden you realize... You slowed down. Yes. You're focused. Yes. It's covered. Yes. You feel like you're... Yes. In this presence now of quiet... Yes. Focus on God. Yes. And you experience that like in, yeah. a, in a total powerful way. And not that you can't have it other places. That's not what we're saying. And um, this would be something you would seek out with the Lord on how you were walking your spiritual um, talk with him. But for me, it was a really powerful example of the scripture is talking about this. I need to take it to heart. And even though I'm just using a kitchen towel on my head, I'm having a moment where I'm focused with my maker. And it makes a big difference when I can come to him with my thanksgivings and my petitions and I, I don't have my hands in sudsy water at the same time sure yeah. I'm still totally and it becomes just, just this great moment so that's my experience that's very cool and I know with the men it said head covering for men in prayer worship off um and the reason you know Paul just says because look I mean I know we're talking about marriage but we're made out of the image and glory of God and it shall not be covered and that's just what scripture says. So when you're in prayer time next time or you're in church or you're in a Bible study, you know, think about that. It, it's not pleasing to God that you're wearing a hat or wearing anything on your head. Right. Um, so just something to think about. But in marriage, you know, we, we just really wanted to talk more on the, the headship as in the, the levels. The way God intended it. Of mm-hmm. The way God intended it. Yeah. And again, it's not unequal. Nope. It's just um, the order. And we're hoping in this that if there's an imbalance, Correct. a heavy shift, you men are not in, not, not, not in control in a bad way, but not leaders and not in this position spiritually in your faith leading that household. You, you, you need to think about how you do that and having that conversation. Uh, I love how Paul finishes. So as, as crazy as what you heard from, from Carrie on this covering uh, on worship just remember Paul finishes with these words and I just have to say it if anyone wants to be contentious about this we have no other practice nor do the churches of God only those churches only those times I don't believe so Paul's talking about the church today and, and every time he talks he's talking to us so don't get confused okay we got to move on. Ephesians, we're going to go into another powerful section on marriage. Ephesians, follow along. 
chapter 5. It's going to be verse 22 through 32. Carrie is going to bring that to us and we'll discuss it. All right, here we go. All right, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water through the word, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body. He feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And this is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. There's Paul. <laughs> profound mystery. Yeah. I love him. Um, probably one of the most debated uh, scriptures on marriage. Uh, if you look this up or you have these conversations, you will you will find some struggles with the word submit. You will find hmm. the women with submission and the way this is laid out. Um, I've heard a lot of definitions. Uh, I'm not going to go into which one I totally feel it is. I've heard a lot of pastors uh, or, or blogs talk about this word submit. Um, I take it and I look at the word serve. When I, when I hear submit, I naturally go to serve. And it doesn't mean Carrie, as my wife, is going to be subjected to uh, whatever I want, whatever I say, whatever I, you know, because it may not be a good situation. We know that. But in our faith and in our Christian household, submitting is respecting mm -hmm. and serving. Mm -hmm. And you, you do serve. You serve our family. You serve our kids. And you respect me. Even when the even when I've been wrong or I've been in a, a wrong path in our marriage, which we talked about in episode three or two, uh, unequally yoked. Unequally yoked. We talked about that where I wasn't perfectly following the scriptures and living my life of faith and believed, but but you always respected. We talked about that, so check that episode out because that's powerful and it, it adds to marriage, but. It's just this submission that I just feels lacking in a lot of marriages. I think it's it's this, heck no, man. I work. I have a job. I'm following a career. I've got my life, right? There's this, I got mine, and you're doing your thing, and I owe this, and you owe me that. And I just feel like there's a lot of that. And I've heard it, and, and I've talked to a lot of couples, uh, men versus, and, and even women, and hear just kind of how they talk to each other. And I just go, man, it's just... It's a battle, man. It's just this battle this for happening? power. Why is this happening? The reason that this is happening is because our culture is saying, women, we need to make a change. Women, we need to do things better and different than our male counterpart. It's loud and clear. Yeah, there's no doubt. Loud and clear, yeah. right? Feminist movements, uh, women power. There's a lot of right. organizations out there that are, are heavy in pushing that and they can do what they want to do on that. But and from so a Christian perspective. From a biblical. Biblical. Biblical perspective. It is not set up that way. Right. And again, this is not this is not John and I's 
this is not, these are not our opinions. We are taking this right from the scripture. This is what God, God wrote the Bible. This is what God says. Right. So God's word says this, and this is our point we're making. Right. If you are in, if you are a claimed Christian, yes. then you need to believe this. Yes. And if you're a claimed Christian and you are not, are not fulfilling the intention God had for marriage or the order yes. and roles. Yes. Okay. And they're beautifully designed. It doesn't roles. mean wife has to not work or no. do an MLM and has to sit home and <laughs> change diapers and you know, we get those are all very important jobs. They are. They're they are. The roles we're talking about, headship, we're talking about spiritual roles from the men, uh, yes. leadership roles and those things. And and when that gets reversed and when we call ourselves Christians and we let culture change that, have we not just let the devil into our marriage? right where he wants to, to follow the world and the culture, which we're not supposed to follow based on biblical scripture. Right. He has entered right into the marriage and now he is in, right in the middle. When we want God in the center, I believe we've just invited Satan in the center. When we flip this and we don't fulfill this, now he's starting to really get his tentacles into it. And that's what the creates all the things we've talked about, power, porn, lack of sex, Yes. All these things. Well, and it's back to the scripture that we just wanted. So we just read Ephesians 5, but that 1 Corinthians 11, again, really points to the headship of that men are accountable to Christ. It's not that we as women are not accountable to Christ, but that is the order. So again, he has given us preservation for our life. And so when we start to take on these roles that are not ours. Again, we're not talking about getting out there and getting it done, getting a job done. We're not talking about sharing responsibilities with the kids. That's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. We're talking about inside your marriage. What are the things that are happening? And so this word submit, serve your husband is a really big deal. Um, protecting and taking care of him and his heart and his needs. Um, the Lord designed us to be those nurturing women the helper the helper the helper and men are supposed to be the protector provider correct and spiritual leader, leader. of the home that's correct and with all of those things taken away or not allowed we again we've just opened up a, a big problem and we believe that's the problem but it does say husbands love your wives just as christ our savior jesus loves the church now men we know how much christ loves the church and we are being instructed to love our wives in the same way. So think about that as we talk about that. Are you loving your wife as Jesus loves the church? Mm -hmm. Man, I, don't, I, I can even tell you that I could be much better at that. I'm just sitting here. So you got to look at the scripture. It's very powerful. Um, and again, I just think so often in our Christian communities, the wives are starting to, I just, I see it. Carrie, you see it. The wives are leading the men, the, 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 the living out their faith more the women are um and and and, uh, and even leading in the churches now and uh, which was never god's intention and honestly is biblically wrong and i'm vouching for you men got to figure out how to get established again and talk through it pray through it get in the scriptures because if you're not reading these and you're not paying attention to these and it's not being preached you no. don't have a clue no so Okay, um, real good quick. Good stuff, you guys. This is such good stuff. Colossians. Um, it's just real simple. We're not going to read it. We're not going to Colossians. Uh, I think it's... Uh, two? Two. Eight. No, 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 no. It's uh, 
anyway, it, it, it's, it's in Colossians. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's three, but um, it just says, it, it it's, uh, talks about the order and parenting and all that. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. Again, Colossians. Wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting to the Lord. Colossians um, 3.18. Uh, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Yes. So once again, there's that love from men. And then there's the wives, submit to your husbands. Well, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. It's not wives, submit to your husband and husband, take advantage of her and power no. on her. And no, it's not what it's saying that. at all. Uh-huh. It gets confused. But anyway, a verse here as we move to our close. Um, for all of you who are battling these verses right now, or or not liking what we heard, what you heard, I want to bring you Colossians two eight, which says, "See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on hear me, hear human tradition." and basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. It just told you what we see culturally in the homes and the way wives and husbands' roles are and the order and headship. That has come from human traditions or basic principles of the world, not on Christ, not on the biblical scripture. So think about it as you hear these. If you're not living those, think about it. We believe if the churches teaching pastors would teach the truth regarding God's true intention for marriage and specific roles for men and women and not allow political views, culture, and worldly realities, push them from teaching the truth even when it is considered controversial. Mm-hmm. Some of this will be. We have conformed our Christianity to the patterns of this world despite Apostle Paul's warning. As a result, we have opened up the evil one, as we talked about. Totally, care, right? We've mm-hmm. opened up the evil one. He's made a playground out of our marriages and families. Our roles are backwards. We're not living out our faith the way the Bible instructs us. Feminism, pro-choice, the power between sexes, to have become embraced in our churches and our Christian communities. And there is only one way to correct it. As Carrie said earlier, repent and get back to following God's commands because, and I will leave you with this verse. First John says, we know that we have come to know him. If we obey his commands, the man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But anyone who obeys his word, which you just heard from the Bible, his word, these scriptures we've discussed tonight, God's love is truly complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus said, as Jesus did. So enough said on marriage. Yeah. And that closes and concludes our uh, episode 13 tonight. And we are super excited that you have joined this podcast. And uh, yeah, just think about it. Um, Get in those scriptures and look them up yourselves. Read them. um, Let the Holy Spirit work through you in those scriptures. Let God talk to you. Yeah, shoot us questions. Engage us. Um, 
We read everything that comes our direction. We will answer anything that comes our way. We know that these are not talked about topics. So it might rock your boat a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust me. You probably haven't heard it or read it, and maybe you have, didn't understand it, and that's okay. We're not perfect. We're not no. We're not uh, super scholars and know it all. We've just been studying it for years, and and we're just bringing light to it. So we uh, appreciate your time and being here. We hope this was uh, helpful and uh, something to think about. So until the next time, Carrie. Yeah. Bye, you guys. We're out. Okay. Have a great week. Bye.